Good evening. We are ready to get started. It is 8.40. Tonight we're learning Masecha Sukkah, uh, in my childhood seat where I sat for Shabbos. And we're also right next to a really nice pile of food. So for those of you who are not here, I just want to make you a little bit jealous. 2910 West Estes, you're welcome to join. We'd love to have you. Uh, we are about eight, nine lines down on Chavtes and and we are starting at the two dots of Yaradu Gishamim. Yaradu Gishamim is, of course, important. We live in Chicago. It does rain here in the community. And there are uh, some categorical halachos about when we are obligated to no longer make a bracha in the sukkah. And this is a halacha that we refer to as mitzayar pater min hasukkah. So it says the Gemara as follows, Yardu Gishamim, that if the rain comes down, and we had said that it is uh, dependent on the mikvah, that if water were to go into the porridge or into the oatmeal and ruin it, that would be the point at which a sukkah is considered to be mitzta'er. So it says the Gemara, eight, nine lines, Zanchav Tes, of Tana, we learned in Ebraisa, Misha Tisracha Mikvah Shel Grisin. That's when it's made out of a flower base of barley, barley flour. So it says the Gemara, an interesting story. Abaye, have a kayasiv kame de Rav Yosef, b'matzlalta. So Abaye, fourth century, was sitting with his Revi Rav Yosef, b'matzlalta, in a sukkah. Noshav Zika, there was a wind that blew, v'kamaisi tzibusa, and it brought about tzibusa. Take a look at Rashi, just to our right. Dibur hamaschal tzibusa, Ksamin, little slivers of wood, We have this all the time in our sukkahs. Uh, if you have the bamboo, little pieces fall off. All wood falls off, happens all the time. That is, uh, is that the same thing as water being dropped into the, into the oatmeal? Is that the same thing as the threshold of our Mishnah, which said, So Amar Luhu, um, Rav Yosef says, Amar Luhu, Rav Yosef, Take out my kalim, take, take out my utensils from the sukkah. We're all done. What does that mean? Amar Abaye. Abaye says to his The standard is not the same. Our Mishnah and the Brisa that we quoted at the beginning of this Gemara said that the threshold is mikpah, is that when the water ruins the porridge. But here you have little pieces of wood falling in. Who cares? Take out the pieces of wood and there's nothing wrong. Just you'll be fine. So says the Gemara, Amar Lay. And here we are potentially able to learn a very important halacha. Amar um, Lei, Rav Yosef says back to Abaye, Lididi kevan de'anino da'atoy. Since I am anino da'atoy, I'm a sensitive soul. I hate when food falls into my, uh, when anything falls into my soup, even pieces of wood. This is a very interesting idea. And if we were to paskin like Rav Yosef, it would add a tremendous amount of subjectivity to what mitzta'er means. So I personally hate cold weather. Hate it. 20 degrees, I do not want to be outside. That is not teshvu ke'in taduru. No way. My gas bill is ridiculous in, this, in, the, in the winter. I don't like it. So is that mitzta'er for me? You can tolerate 30, but I can't tolerate 30 with a coat with layers. How do we define teshvu ke'in taduru? So clearly Rav Yosef here in the Gemara was indicating that it is somewhat subjective because even though the Mishnah gave the parameter that when the water falls into the porridge and ruins it, that's the threshold from, from getting out of the sukkah. Here we see something different, something seemingly less when little tiny shards of, uh, of bamboo fall into the chicken. Big deal, remove the little piece of bamboo and keep eating. So Rav Yosef adds that element of subjectivity. The Gemara uh, continues uh, on this uh, line of, of thinking. We're a quarter of the way down. Let's say that you're eating in the sukkah and all of a sudden it's a downpour. It's a downpour, but it's a short downpour. But you left the sukkah because it was raining. 
appropriately. Appropriately, so the halacha is ein matrichen also laalosad sheig mor seudaso. You do not have to, and this is halacha lemaisa quoted in Shulchan Aruch. You do not have to go back into the sukkah. If you leave a sukkah because you're mitzta'er, and then whatever the tsar was is removed, you no longer have to go back into the sukkah until. And look at the language; it's very important. Sheig mor seudaso until you finish the meal, namely. Once you finish the meal, and then you want to go back in and eat something else, no, then you're then you're chayiv to go back in the sukkah because the mitzayir pachim in a sukkah, and therefore you leave. You don't have to go back. Therefore, the the reason that you're going to be lenient is because you're you're pachim, but you don't have to go back only for that meal. If a person sleeping under the schach, the yardu gishamim the yarad, and a person. Uh, the rain comes down and a person leaves the sukkah. Here too, in matrichan osolalos ad she or very difficult word to understand here, as we'll see in a moment. But it seems to be she or that it becomes light. Um, so we're one third of the way down, six lines before the wide lines. And chavtes This is the din that if you are sleeping in the sukkah, it rains. You come out. You don't have to go back in until it becomes light again. But the Gemara questions: Is that really the right word she or that the light should become? Uh, should be coming up. Or with an ayin, that you should wake up. Maybe let's say you wake up at 2 a.m., but the rain has stopped. Now go back in the sukkah. Is, is the threshold, once the rain stops and you wake up, or are you, or or until the till light comes up in the morning? So let's say you go to bed at 11 p.m. At midnight, the rain starts coming in. At midnight, you go inside and you crawl into a regular bed inside your house. Then you wake up at 2 a.m. You have to go back into the sukkah. So if the language of the Bryce says sheye or with an ayin that when you wake up, so then anytime you wake up in your comfortable bed in your house, but it's no longer raining, you should go back out in the sukkah. That's with an ayin. Or do we say no? Even if you wake up at two, the Bryce was with an olive sheye or when there's light in the sky, and since there's no light in the sky, you um, are allowed to go back to sleep. So that's the question of the Gemari Bayalu ad sheye or with an ayin. Do we say that once you wake up, even if it's two a.m. You're obligated to go back in the sukkah, or no, if you wake up at 2 a.m., you're fine because it's ad sheye or with an aleph that there should be light. Toshma says the Gemara, a very complicated answer. Ad sheye or ve until it's bright and it is amura shachar. That is a stira. That is a stira because bright is at sunrise, netzachama. That's when the sun breaks the horizon and the many minutes prior to it. However, amura shachar, according to the mathematical version, not the degrees version, but mathematically, it's one hour and 12 halachic minutes. It's 72 halachic minutes prior to sunrise. It's pretty dark out. There's maybe a slight light on the on the eastern skyline. So says the Gemara, Tarte, how can you say those two things in one breath? You're saying sheye or with an aleph that it's bright out. And at the same time that you're saying that, you're also saying it's yala amura shachar. Those two terms are contradictory. So says the Gemara, you're right. And the real answer is ema ad sheye or ve ya'ale amura shachar. And here is the Gemara's compromise. <clears throat> Assuming this conclusion is quoted in, in Shulchan Aruch, it seems to be that it is. And the halacha would be as follows. If a person wakes up in their house and it's no longer raining, so then if they wake up and amur hashachar has passed, you are then um, required to go back into your sukkah. At that point, you should go back in your sukkah. It doesn't have to be right out. You have to be awake, and it has to be amada shachar. We're just about halfway down, and the Gemara here is quoting the, the line from our Mishnah that says, Mashallah dome. And we had said that someone was going to spill a pitcher of water on someone else in the, in the Mishnah. We didn't know who it was. You could look back at the Mishnah on the bottom of Kavches Mudbeis, 12 lines or so from the bottom, and it says, And our Mishnah said, He came to bring his Rebbe a cup of wine, and he poured 
uh, ketone, a pitcher of water on him. We don't know who the who the pronouns are speaking about. So the Gemara says two lines, three lines before the wide lines on Chavtes Aleph, who's pouring water on who? What is the mashal that the Mishnah is trying to give? So the Gemara answers, Tashma, the Brisa writes to Tanya as follows. Shafachlo rabo ketone alpanov. It is the Rebbe pouring the pitcher of water on the face of the Talmud, saying, I have no need for your services. And this is the mashal of a Kaddish Baruch Hu giving us a bit of a knock, that if it rains on the sukkah, it's like a Kaddish Baruch Hu splashing water in our face. I don't want you here now. I don't want you here now. Bad omen. Bad omen. And because that's true, the Gemara is now going to speak about bad omens for from now until the end of the parak, and then we'll begin on the next uh, parak as well. And that uh, is speaking about eclipses. We know now scientifically that eclipses happen at pretty measured intervals. We could probably measure it uh, down to the minute. Uh, the next to lunar eclipse, which is where there's a full moon and then earth and then sun in such a way where the moon is completely shadowed. It's May 16th of this coming year. A little ominous. It's my wife's birthday. Just saying. Happy birthday. Um, so says the Gemara. What? I don't know what we're going to be. I don't know if I'm going to be teaching Daviomi on that day. I don't know what to say. So the rabbi taught us when the sun has been stricken, namely when there is a solar eclipse, which we know is where the moon interrupts our field of vision uh, between Earth and the sun, that's simen ra l'chol olam kulo. That's not good. Masha l'mahadavar doma, the Gemara gives a beautiful masha, second of, second of the long lines. L'melech basar v'adam, sh'asa su'uda la'avada. Akadosh Baruch Hu, well, Hashem, I'm speaking in nimshal. Uh, a king uh, makes a suda for all of his servants. Hiniach panas l'ifnehem, and he puts a lantern. Rashi actually uses the word lantern here. Uh, if you can find that Rashi, I didn't mark its location, but it's uh, somewhere over here. It's a, uh, there you go. It's four lines before the wide lines. Rashi says, lantirna, lantirna, it's a lantern and a panas in modern Hebrew is a flashlight. So it's the same exact idea. So panas and he put a lantern on the table and then and he got upset at them. Remove the panas from them. So in other words, a Kaddish Baruch Hu is the, is the king. And he gave us a beautiful Suda. He gave us a world with the sun in it and a world with all the luminaries. And when a Kaddish Baruch Hu is upset at us, he takes away the light and then everyone has to sit in the dark. So that's how we look at a, um, at a solar eclipse and say that that's not good. A Kaddish Baruch Hu is giving us a slap on the wrist. The Brisa continues three lines into the wide lines, two thirds of the way down. Tanya Bimeir Omer, Kolzman Sheme Oros Lokin, whenever the other luminaries of the sky, referring to the moon and other uh, and other such um, and other such constellations, where whenever those are covered, whenever those are Lokin, Simon Rada Sonein Shal Yisrael. This is a bad uh, Simon for the Sonein Shal Yisrael. This is actually um, a reference to Jews, not to non Jews. What does that mean? That they're trained in their in their beatings. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi, the last of the short lines of Rashi, Dibur Hamaschil, Nibneshim Elumadin Bimakosein, Kol Mine Puranios, Habain Baola. Whenever there's something bad that happens in the world, Yesh Lahen Yisrael Lid Og, it is upon the Jews to be concerned, Vilomar, Lobasim and Zeelabishvilenu, Yoser Misha'ar Umos. So why is that? Something bad happens in the world. There is a, a tsunami. We're supposed to be the ones to look at it. So Rashi explains, we, We've been through the mill more than most. It's not this uh, 
pompousness of like, oh yes, we're the Am HaNivchar. So therefore everything that happens in the world, is, it's not that, is that you're, you get beaten down more. You should expect that when something's happening, it's in reference to you. And in fact, back in the Gemara, two thirds of the way down, the Gemara says, Mashal is so fair. It's a, like a Rebbe who comes to Yeshiva. He, he brought out the belt, right? He's got a piece of leather in hand. Midoig, who's the one who's going to be concerned? Who is sitting in the back like, oh, shoot, today is the day. You know who it is? It's the kid who usually gets the beating. And that's why when we look out at the world and we see that there are things happening, we have to ask ourselves, normally we're the ones who are getting the beating. So what's going on here? And we should be introspective and we should not have the perspective of, because it's incorrect. We should not say we're the Jews, we're special. This is for us, even if you get hurt. That's not what it means. That's, that's not what the Gemara says. It's not how Rashi explains the Gemara. It's me doig, me sheragi lilkos bechol yom vayom, who doig? Because we've been through uh, quite a bit, historically speaking. So therefore we should be concerned yet again. Uh, the Gemara continues, Bisman as well, another reference, a Brisa that speaks about a solar eclipse, this is a little different than the previous iteration. Here we're saying that it's a simen ra for, uh, for those who worship idols. Levana, loke, if you have the moon that's being blocked, this is a lunar eclipse. Simen ra and shal Yisrael, this is not good for Jews. Mipnei, she Yisrael, sonehem. Simen ra, for the haters of the Yes, it is, but it's a metaphor speaking of the Jews. And you'll see in the next line, that the, the Jews, we, we are solar. We're actually, we're lunar. We're very lunar. We're actually a mix between lunar and solar, Gregorian in our terms. Gregorian and the Jewish calendar inter, intertwine very heavily. We know, for example, Pesach is Chodesh Ha'aviv. So we have to regulate our calendar our Gregorian calendar to mix with the lunar calendar properly. It's really the other way. We have to, our lunar calendar is spot on and we have to make sure the other calendar matches. Either way, because we use the lunar calendar, so when we look at a Levana, at the Levana loka, when we have a lunar eclipse, that is more indicative of something that's wrong as opposed to for the for the non-Jews. They use a Gregorian calendar. They're using a solar calendar. And because of that, they should be more concerned about that. If the covering uh, has taken place in the east, meaning if it happens in the morning because the sun rises in the east. So if the eclipse happens in the morning, those people who live on that horizon should be more concerned. But Mayrav, if it's when the sun sets, then those people on the west should be concerned. What if it happens at high noon? So then says the Gemara, everyone should be concerned. Panav domin ladam. What if the face of it has a redness to it? So then, then that's going to be punishment by sword. Lesak, but if the moon, uh, if the if the sun or moon has a color of uh, of a darker goat hair, which is what the Gemara says, Rashi says that's what we're talking about here. This Rashi is three lines into the wide lines in the middle of the line. Lesak. It's from the threads, from the hair of the goat, a darker color. So then says the Gemara, we're 12 lines up from the bottom, then what's the punishment? Then the arrows of pain, of hunger, of famine will, will be brought to the world. Why chitzay? Okay, that requires uh, an agarata. That requires a marsha. That requires us to look a little bit more. Lazu lazu. If the moon has both colors to it, the redness and the darker color, then cherev vichitze olam. Then everything is bad. Laka If the moon covering happens 
The language here is very difficult, and the Gemara is going to call this out in a minute. Beknisaso, in the Havamina, the Gemara, we assume Beknisaso is when the sun is going, where it's entering away from us, which we would normally call leaving. So, but Beknisaso here means when it's leaving our uh, when it's leaving our um, field of view. So then then, <clears throat> then the bad news is not yet to come. It'll come the next morning. It'll come in the future. So if it's when the sun rises, then it's going to happen right away. That means when the sun rises and means when it leaves. That, that is more logical to our language. But again, just it's two ways of saying the same thing. Um, as an aside to all of these bad things, that when these bad things do happen, so says the Gemara, that when it comes to any nation that is getting loka, that is getting its consequences, it always has its sarim, its officers that are being punished with it. That all the miracles that were done in Mitzrayim against the Mitzrayim, the punishment always included the sarim, it always included the greats. <coughs> But if we Jews would do what we are supposed to do and keep halacha, it's a formula. We were uh, we were given the formula. If we Jews were doing right, you don't have anything to worry about. We're given we're given the guarantees. We're, we're, we're given the guarantees in the Gemara. Shenemar koamar Hashem al derech agoyim al telamadu meosos hashamayim al techatu ki yechatu agoyim mehemad goyim will be afraid of it. Of de kochavim yechatu ve'ein Yisrael yechatu. So if we do ritzono shalmakom, which is not easy, but if we do ritzono shalmakom, then we don't have to worry about these bad omens. Says the Gemara, eight lines from the bottom, seven lines from the bottom of the page, and from here. Until the end of the parak, we're going to focus on units of four, as you will see. There are four reasons why we would see a solar eclipse. If you have a person who dies, an Abbezdin who dies, and he did not get an appropriate, an appropriate eulogy. If a woman, a na'ra me'urasa, who was screaming, she was being taken advantage of, and uh, she called out and nobody helped her. In, uh, in scenarios where there's homosexuality. And in a case where two brothers are killed at the same time. And there are four reasons as to why there would be a lunar eclipse. For people who write documents, what's wrong with writing documents? Take a look at Rashi, four lines from the bottom. Rashi says, Forged documents. Of course, that's a whole different ballgame. Why didn't, why didn't the Gemara say that? I don't know. I guess plaster. Plaster, we've had that word before. Uh, no, Psachter, I'm thinking about from Psachas Tamik. Plaster, what you put on the walls. Plaster, yeah. yeah. But that's yeah, very good. Yeah, same word. Very good. Nothing gets by you. I love it. Arch will translate it to plaster. <laughs> to plaster? <laughs> so when you write forged documents, that's one reason why why there would be a lunar eclipse. For people who uh, testify falsely. For someone who takes the responsibility to raise small animals in Eretz Yisrael because it's very hard to manage them and they graze in other people's fields and there's theft and all it's problematic. And as well, for cutting good trees. Take a look at Rashi over here. Beautiful Rashi. Three lines from the bottom. Even if you own the tree yourself, you're just destroying it. It appears like that you're kicking away. And with all of the blessings that he has given you. About one minute after I read this line, someone walked in my house and said, Phil, 
am I allowed to cut my neighbor's tree? It's a fruit tree. Literally, like one minute, I like jaw dropped. I'm like, what? And they like repeated the question as though I didn't hear it. I'm like, no, hold on one second. This was a woman whose husband learns that feel me. I'm like, did you just, come on, this is like a game of some kind. It's not because this is tomorrow's daf. <laughs> we're, 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 are we ahead, ahead already? No, this is today's daf. It's very, it was crazy. Anyways, I, I, I didn't know the answer. So I, I asked her by Robinson, you're not allowed to cut down a fruit tree. Period. He said there are some kulas in the post game, a kula that he would not give out. That if you uh, give the tree to a guy, uh, like a whole lot, I remember so, he, he doesn't, yeah, but he doesn't give out that kula. However, he said you are allowed to do like basic trimming, that would be considered acceptable. This tree is owned by their neighbor, so they could trim at the fence line, and it'll take a long time for the tree to grow. I mean, it's thick wood, it takes a long time for the tree to grow and then to regrow fruit. Once a year, they cut the tree. And that would be permissible. So that's also another reason if one does cut down those trees as to why. Yeah, you got to get it right. You don't got to get club No, no club. No, that's not a golf game. Now here we're jumping off the page a little bit because this is not our sugya. We started out by saying that if it rains in a sukkah, it's like a ketone shalmayim being splashed in your face. So then we went from there to talk about lunar and solar eclipses, which are sin and ra. And then we said the four things as to why the solar and lunar eclipses may happen. And now we're just taking the number four and carrying it on to other sugyas. So it's sometimes helpful to see that bigger picture in the flow of the Gemara. What's the next set of four? There are four reasons as to why property of, uh, of people are nimsar and lamalchus, that they would be taken over by the government. Um, a person keeps a document that says, I, I've paid. And he keeps holding up the document to say, give me the item I paid. Give me the item I paid. He's a ghana. He steals. That's one reason. The almal derivis, people who steal, uh, people who, uh, who charge interest. Uh, we don't charge interest to family members and Jews are family members. So if you ever find uh, someone who asks you this question on a plane, those Jews, they, they, you're allowed to charge interest to a non-Jew. No, we don't charge interest in the family. You're looking at it the wrong way. Well, this is my brother. This is different. You're not my brother. I'm going to charge you interest. That's the normal way of life. But when you're family, you don't charge interest. That's just how it works. That's, uh, that's what families do. It's, just a, it's, it's not just okay. a spin. It's actually what the din is. It's not, it's not apologetics. It is what the halacha is, that we are considered a unit. Uh, next, Ve'al Shahaya Sipek Biyadam Limchos Velomichu talk about a very important way to pronounce a word. It's not Safek Biyadam Limchos. He wasn't sure if he should make a stink. It's Sipek Biyado. He had it within him to make a stink about something, Velomichu, and he did not. What is this talking about? Take a look at the first Rashi on the page, Dibur Hamaschil, Ve'al Shahaya Sipek Biyadam Shal Ba'ale Batim Halalu. There were these Balabatim. They had the power, Sipek Biyadam, to be Limchos Biyad Ovre Ave. There were people in their communities who are not keeping halacha properly. Their words would be heard. Because they're very wealthy people. So this, I'm sure we've all seen these kinds of videos over the year where you've got people who, not really because of their uh, their Talmud Chacham status, but because of their communal status, they're going to call they're going to call foul and say this is not right. What's happening over here? Those people have a requirement to do so, and to not do so would earn them a a consequence of having their property being taken over by local government. Again, I don't know what the flow of events is between the not saying something and everything getting taken over in a lead. Maybe the IRS will come out. I don't know how these things work, but that's what the Gemara says that people who have who have power. 
even if it's only due to wealth and something's going on in the community, throw your money where your mouth is and get up on the bima and say, this is not right. Do it, do it with permission of the rabbi though. Uh, last, a person who says, I'm willing to give tzedakah and he mentions it publicly. So someone makes a pledge and they don't pay. This, uh, you know, my simchas Torah by Makor. So that we try to keep a good system. It's always so hard. How do we know who gave what? So you should keep your own cheshben. You should keep your own cheshben because if you make a pledge, it's your burden to pay. Okay, so they made a mistake in which letter they put there, which number they put there. It's still was, your burden. I was drunk. It's not That's a problem That's too. Bidding on the last number four. Uh, here we go. Two lines down. This is even worse than being absorbed by a government. This one's going into hiding forever. Timion. Uh, tamun is to be hidden, so it means you're going to lose it forever. I'll uh, I'll here. Uh, this means that you're delaying and paying someone. Rashi says this as well. Rashi fifth line. Kovesh shemadchehu uh, Come back tomorrow. I know I didn't mean tomorrow. I meant next week, right? You're just pushing them off. So that's one reason to lose your income. Val That's actually stealing someone's money and not paying them. Val sheporkin is to remove the burden from your own shoulders. is to shirk responsibility. That's also not acceptable. Val gasus and being a bal this is the worst of them all. They're equivalent to all of the other ones. The gasus aruach is pretty bad. When it comes to people who are humble, what does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says, uh, that uh, that person is able to have shalom and they're going to be yirshu aretz. They're not going to lose their, their properties, which is what we were talking about. They're not going to lose their properties. They're going to maintain it. And that is the blessing of being an anav, among many others. Hadron, Allah, Hayashan, Yerushan, Yerushan, we should come back to this daf in seven and a half years. New parak. Give you a moment to open your new books for these who are hard we'll we'll Pause for station identification. Uh, well, we'll see them. We're to eat not yet. Not yet. What do we have? Another 30 blocks. We got a little bit of time. Every character <laughs> We're literally sitting here with a plate of chicken in front of us. So, All right, here we go. New parrot. Lulav Hagazel. Now we're going to get into some of the halachos of the Lulav and Esrog. We spoke about this briefly already in regards to sukkah. What if a sukkah was stolen? Now we're talking about Lulav Hagazel. So the says the, the cheap part. <laughs> not, not always. Yeah, it yeah, it yeah. Yeah, it 99 cents each at <laughs> If a person steals a lulav and they want to be yosef in mitzvah with it, they cannot. And if the uh, and if the uh, and if the lulav is yavesh, if it's dried out, so that's puzzle. And that's actually, in fact, some of the fortune point out those who are dead cannot praise a Kodesh Baruch Hu. And that's a, a passive reference to a lulav and esrog. Lo hamesim, it's dead. You can't be do the na'anunim with a dead lulav. It's yavesh. Lo hamesim, yahaluluka. It's a nice reference to the pasuk, although not the halachic reason. Shel asherah v'shel irhani dachas. If you have a lulav that is from an asherah tree, uh, if the tree was idol worshipped, or v'shel irhani dachas, where robe of that community is an idol worship and it needs to be destroyed, that lulav could be the most perfect one in its aesthetics, but halachically it is puzzle. Niktam rosho of the top gets cut off for nifritzu alav, puzzle. We'll have to learn what nifritzu alav means, but uh, the spreading out seemingly in some way, nifritzu, we'll see it's not so simple because the next word is nifritzu alav kosher. So we'll have to learn about all of these terminologies in the Gemara. That we should tie them. Is he arguing? He's not arguing. We have to discuss that too. So they'll be tying up the top of the lulav as well. These are certain types of lulavim that came from a certain mountain in Eretz Yisrael. Those are kosher. And at a minimum height, says the 
the Mishnah, Lulav Shiyesh Bo Shloshat Tvachim Kadela Na'anea Bo Kasher, that if you have a Lulav that's three Tvachim, so, and you are, it's therefore long enough to do Na'anuim, so then the Halacha is that that is Kasher. Now, what does our Mishnah not do? It does not distinguish between day one and any of the other days of of the holiday, which is problematic, says the Gemara Kapasik Vitani. The Mishnah just spoke categorically. Loshna doesn't seem to make a difference if it's Biyom Tov Rishon, but Loshna Biyom Tov Shani. It seems to not make a difference whatsoever what day is what, but that doesn't really work. Vishlama Yavesh. In regards to the first din of our Mishnah, when it says Lulav HaGazal V'Hayavesh Puzzle, I could understand by Lulav HaYavesh, Bishlam HaYavesh Hadar Ba'inan Veleka. I need it to be beautiful. And it's not beautiful because it's dead. And once it loses its green, it's not coming back. So I could understand why that would be the case, why there's no difference between day one and the rest of the days as to why a Lulav Yavesh would be Puzzle all days. Ela Gazul. But if we're talking about a Lulav HaGazal, and I understand why a Lulav HaGazal wouldn't work on day one of, of Sukkot. That I understand. Because as we say more casually, the Lulav has a din of Lachem. It has to actually be yours. So I could understand why on day one, if you stole a Lulav, it wouldn't work. But the only time we have a din of Lachem by a Lulav is on day one. But it should have been Mutter, not to steal it, but you should have been able to do the mitzvah at least on days two through seven with the lulav. It should have been the case. Why didn't our Mishnah? Here's really the question. If it's true that the din of lachem, of lulav agazel, only applies to day one, then why can't you be yotze on days two through seven with the lulav agazel? And if so, why didn't the Mishnah add that? So Amar of Yochanan, last line of Chavtas Amud Beis. Amar of Yochanan, Mishum Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. Mishum, Tehavalei Mitzvah Haba this is a larger concept than the din of lachem, even though it may be true that there's a din of lachem on day one and there's no din of lachem on day two. And therefore, maybe we should have said it's mutter to use lulav agazal on day two, but you can't because there's a more overarching concern, which is it's a mitzvah habav avera. Mitzvah habav avera is when the sequence of events that led you to your mitzvah included an avera. So I found a lulav an esrog in your property and I stole it. Oh, Baruch Hashem. No, that's mitzvah ba be'avera. It's day two, and there's no din of lachem. I know it's day two, and there's no din of lachem. I don't care. It's a mitzvah ba be'avera. You can't steal someone's lulav and and hope to use it. And therefore, says the Gemara, that's why our Mishnah does not distinguish between day one and the rest of the days, because it's not a concern about lachem. It's a concern about mitzvah ba be'avera. Where do we know this from? We know it from a pasuk. And this pasuk is in Sefer Malachi. The pasuk says that if you were to bring a Kaddish Baruch Hu, a stolen animal, or an animal that has a mum, a pisech, is an animal that's that's damaged, a sick animal. So the rest of that pasuk reads, do I, do I want those things from you? You're going to bring me an animal that you stole, an animal that has a permanent mum, and an animal that's sick? So then says the Gemara the following, Gazul dumya de piseach. Something that's stolen is similar, similar to something that has a permanent mum. Ma piseach lesle takanta. Just like an animal that's missing a leg, for example, can't be fixed. Af gazul, so too that which you stole, lesle takanta. Oh, so therefore, this is the Pasuk that's a text proof for the idea of mitzvah babavera, that that which you stole, it, it's, it, it's tarnished. You can't undo the theft. And it's mitzvah babavera, second day, third day, fourth day. I don't care when you stole it. It's mitzvah babavera. And then the Gemara makes things more complicated. And that is with the following idea. Lo shna lifne yeyush, 
Yeyush in halacha is a relinquishing of ownership of something because you've given up hope. So we have a general principle of stam yeyush is shloshim yom. So let's say you bought a beautiful lulav and esrog, perfect. And let's say that it would last for 100 days without the esrog shrinking, no blem, it's perfect. You bought it 30, 32 days before, uh, before the holiday started. And now... I'm the thief, I stole it, and I want to use it on the third day of Pesach, on the third day of Sukkot. Can I do that? So it says the Gemara, it depends on Yeush. So, but, but it doesn't depend on Yeush because it says, lo shna lifne yeyush, lo shna it seems to be that relinquishing ownership, which gives the thief the opportunity to actually be the owner. It's not mutter. Let's say I steal your fork. And you say, I don't care about the fork. Yeah, he's a thief, but I don't care. Good, now I halachically own this. But before you relinquish ownership, I can't own this because somebody else owns it and they haven't been miyayish. So if I steal something, the Gemara says, it makes no difference if the owner was miyayish or not, if he relinquished ownership. So asks the Gemara, Bishlam alifne yeyush. I understand if the owner has yet to relinquish rights, then for sure that's going to be a problem because it's not yours. It has to be yours and it's not yours. But if what we're talking about is where the owner did relinquish ownership, so then then the thief, albeit through an isser, now owns that which he stole. The halachic mechanics is that once, once the original owner gives up, now I can actually own the item. Elalab, it must therefore be that to have a mitzvah period. This is the strength of the of the answer of the of the question that we're saying. And why our Mishnah, which speaks about Lulava Gazal Bahayovesh Pasal, and it does not distinguish between day one and day and the rest of the days of Sukkis. The reason why is not because of Lachem. Lachem only helps us with day one. The reason why we have no distinction of days of day one versus the rest of rest of Sukkis is because of mitzvah bavera. I'm asking my own question here. I don't have an answer to this. This is a Pasuk from Malachi. How are we learning the Dindo Raisa of Mitzvah Habba We're saying that you can't fulfill the Mitzvah of Lulav and Esra. Maybe it's because of uh, the rabbis came along and it's only a Mitzvah Sasei. So as long as you're back, could be. I don't know. I'm just uh, throwing out a question. A quarter, a quarter of the way down, 10 lines down. Rashi says exactly that this is where we learned from. It's a really it's a huge question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, nope. Not what Rashi says. So it's not what Rashi says. That's the, that's and the flow, answer, the flow, the flow of the Gemara seems to be that it's a din doraisa. That's it, it's, it. At least implies that way, because we're talking about the mitzvah doraisa of Esro. That's what's implied. So it's not. I looked at this Tosos also a little bit. The beginning doesn't talk about it. I didn't get all the way through the end, but it bothers me a little bit. And maybe, I don't know. Maybe the brisa that follows it. I don't know. Doesn't seem clear to me as to why we would consider this a din doraisa. And the only answer, just a quick answer that would make sense is that the Chachamim had the right to be ma'akar davar mitzvah saseh shabbatur b'kum b'shev v'altase. We have that. We have that like the last day of Pesach where we don't put on tefillin. We have cases like that. We have plenty of cases like that. We have shofar. We have a lot of cases like that. But it seems a little balabatish to give such an answer here. And I don't know the right answer. It can't be that the shas concept of mitzvah v'abber is darabana. It just can't be. Just can't be. I didn't have time to look into it, but if anybody has an answer, we'd love to hear one. 
Eight, nine lines down. What does it mean? Hashem says, I love justice. And I don't like when people steal an Ola. What does that mean? You have a king, and the king is going through a tax collection. Uh, I guess today's equivalent of a toll booth, but not for... Uh, not for fixing the roads, but it's actually meant for the government. So says the Gemara, Omar la'avodav, the king says to his servants, tnu meches l'mochsim, take some money and please give it over to the mochsim, please give it over to the uh, to the agents who are collecting the money. Amrulo, the avodim say back to him, v'halo kol ha-meches kulo shel I don't understand why you're paying. It's right pocket, left pocket. The king has this, this thing of coins and he's given it up. And, and then when he gets back to the kingdom, he's going to get his coin back. So why is he paying anything? It doesn't make any sense. Tanumi kem lamochs, I'll give it over. So Amrulo, sorry, next line. Amar lahem, one third of the way down, lamad omad Amar lahem, mimeni yilmedu kol ovre drachem. Everyone's going to learn from me. I'm their role model. And he says, if they see me paying, and even I am not exempt, and I'm the king, there's no reason why they shouldn't pay. Pasha, they should pay. Then they're not going to try tax evasion. I really don't like this, and I'm going to model it for you, just like the king in the mushal modeled paying taxes. They're going to watch for me. I don't want your korban if you're going to steal it. Please don't give it to me. I don't want you to steal. So Kaddish Baruch Hu, instead of taking a korban, reich nichoach, I'm not interested. Theft is out. So then Yamoraim, halfway down, Lamed Amadalev says, Itmar Nami, we have this idea quoted already. In the, not already, we have this idea quoted later in the Amoraim. Itmar Nami, Amar Rabbi Ami, Yavesh Pasal Mipnei She'eno Hadar, a Yavesh that we said in the beginning of our Gemara, if you, have a, if you have a Lulav and the Lulav is dried out, so that's not Hadar. That, that, that doesn't fulfill the qualifications of the Pasuk. And if it's dried out, there's nothing you can do about it. You can spray paint it green, but it won't be kosher. It's, it's just not kosher. It's Yavesh. It's just what it is. And then what does the Gemara, what, is the, what do the Amorayim say? Guzzled Pasal. Why? Mishum dahavale mitzvah haba So the Amorayim clearly learned this sugya the same way the Tanaim did. And they held that it wasn't that our Mishnah over here in the beginning of the Perak on Daf was saying Lulav HaGazel Vayavish Pasal. Lulav HaGazel is because of Lachem. It's not because of Lachem. Lulav HaGazel is going to be Pasal the entire uh, the entire seven days of Sukkot, eight for us the entire time. Why? Because it's Mitzvah Habba And Mitzvah Habba this just doesn't work. You can't steal something and do a, and do a mitzvah with it. What's the finish? Why would the Gemara use the Amorayim to bolster the Tanakh? It's a great question in the flow of events. It's a great question. Um, and you'll see in one moment why that was the case. And the, that's because there's an argument in the Amorayim. And that is Upliga de Rav Yitzchak. The Amor of Yitzchak bar Nachmeni, there was one Amorah who didn't agree with this. Amar Shmuel, he says in the name of Shmuel, Lo Shanu Yom Tov Rishon. He says, no. The only time that I say that Lulav HaGazel is a problem is on day one, where we have a din of Lachem. Aval Yom Tov Sheni. But on the second day, Mitoch Shed Yotze B'Sha'ul, Yotze Nami B'Gazul. Since the din of Lachem only applies to day one. But on Yom Tov Sheni, where I'm allowed to borrow a Lulav and Esrog, so he says, just like I can borrow a lulav and esrog, I can also use a stolen lulav and esrog because there's no din of lachem. So to your question, not all the Amorayim agreed. 
We have an Amora who disagrees with the Tanoim seemingly, and the Gemara doesn't like that, and therefore they throw the question right back at him. Masi Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, hey, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak says, what are you talking about, Rav Yitzchak? How can you say that that Lulav HaGazel in our Mishnah is only going to be Asar on day one. What does our Mishnah say? Lulav HaGazel Behayyavesh Pasal. That's our Mishnah, right? The Mishnah and Chav Testament base, first words, the first words of this parak of Lulav HaGazel. It says that if you have a stolen Lulav or a dry Lulav, the halacha is that it's Pasal. What's implied from our Mishnah? It, it, it is a significant omission that our Mishnah doesn't speak about borrowing. We're talking about stolen. We should certainly be talking about borrowing. So the Gemara makes a deal. If you say lulav ha'gazel v'hayavish pasal, it must be two lines before the white lines. Ha'sha'ul, had it been uh, borrowed, it would have been kosher. So says the Gemara, Amos, when would it have been that the borrowing is kosher? Ilema b'yom to'rishon, everyone agrees for sure you can't borrow on the first day. That's for sure. Ha'ksiv lachem, mishel lachem. By the yom to'rishon, everyone knows that, that, that it's talking about day one. That's for sure. And if it's talking about day one, there's a din of lachem, the high lavdi day, and everyone agrees that if it's Shaul, that if you're borrowing, doesn't work. Everyone agrees to that. Ella, it must be that our Mishnah lab, it must be talking about Biyom Tov Sheni. And yet, what does it say? The Katani Gazel Puzzle. It still says if our Mishnah can't be talking about Yom Tov Rishon, because Shaul is not valid on Yom Tov Rishon, you can't borrow. It must be that our Mishnah is talking about Yom Tov Sheni. But if our Mishnah is talking about Yom Tov Sheni, then you just said Lulav HaGazel is Puzzle. It implies that Lulav HaGazel is Puzzle even after the first day. Kashi against Rabbi Yitzchak, who says that only the first day is us, or not the rest of it. So says the Gemara, Amar Rava, really, we can still validate Rabbi Yitzchak Shita. Le'olam really be Yom Tov Rishon. Yes, really, it is talking about the first, uh, the, 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 the Mishnah that we have here is talking about Yom Tov Rishon. The quote, Lomi Baya, end quote, Kamar. It's teaching me a Lomi Baya. What is a Lomi Baya? I don't need you to teach me this because it's obvious. I even uh, would teach you something else. Lomi Baya, Shaul, Delavdi Dehu. I don't need you to teach me a case about that which is Shaul, that which is borrowed. He doesn't even own it on day one. Aval Gazul, maybe by something that's stolen, Ema, I might have argued an incorrect argument that Stam Gzela Yehush Bailimhu, then maybe we can say that in general, when something is stolen, the second it's missing, your brain turns a corner and says, I'm done. I'm not thinking about it anymore. I don't own it anymore. And if that's true, then the halachic mechanics of the thief becoming the owner kick in. So let's say someone grabs my phone out of my hand. It's when you relinquish ownership. So let's say someone grabs the phone out of my hand. And the second that happens, I'm like, I'm never getting my phone back. If that's how I felt, then that means that the thief can make a Kenyan on that item now because I've relinquished ownership. That's Yehush. So it says the Gemara, aim aval gazul, three lines from the bottom. Maybe with theft, aim, I might have argued that stam gzele Yehush bailem, hu uchadi dami, kamash malan, that that's not true, that we do not say that stam gzele is Yehush bailem, that when something is stolen, that it is as though um, it is now owned by the other person, kamash malan, that that is not the case. We're going to stop right here on Shabbos. We will pick up at an earlier time of 5 p.m., it's not going to follow or be preceded by a mincha. Sorry about that. Uh, but we'll pick up three lines from the bottom. Uh, wishing you all a beautiful night. Thank uh, you to my parents for uh, hosting. We really appreciate it. We, we, uh, we, 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 we,